finding suitable mental health medications can be a challenge. The GeneSight test may help. Did you know that genetics can play an important role in gaining insight on how a person may respond to various medications? Understanding this may help reduce medication trial and error. GeneSight is a genetic test that analyzes variations in DNA. It shows how genes may affect someone's metabolism or response to medications commonly prescribed to treat depression, anxiety, and other mental health conditions. Visit GeneSight.com for more information. Today's Callahan Show is sponsored by MyPillow. Go to MyPillow.com and use code word JERRY for huge discounts. For example, you can get the standard MyPillow, which is normally $69.98 for only $19.98 with code word JERRY. I'd call that a huge discount. MyPillow is made in the USA, and it comes with a 10-year warranty. It's machine washable and dryable. It's the most comfortable pillow you will ever sleep on. Makes an excellent gift. Get it now. And you can support this show and you can strike back against cancel culture. As you know, like us, Mike Lindell is constantly under attack from the cancel culture mob. By purchasing from MyPillow, not only are you helping this show, you're fighting back against cancel culture. MyPillow isn't in the big box stores anymore, so you can get factory direct pricing if you order from MyPillow.com using code word Jerry. This is The Jerry Callahan Show. And it is Tuesday, 2-2-22. Uh, was I the first one to point that out to you, Craig? Did you know it was 2 22 I've heard it an insane amount of times already. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, maybe someone out there, maybe someone within my voice did not know it was 2 22 and Tuesday and somebody on the new I somebody I was just watching somewhere said that won't happen again for 200 years so we will never ever see another Tuesday 22 um that's it for today. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we'll talk to you. Uh, I like those little factoids. I don't care if they're silly and and trite, uh, but we got uh, we got so much to get to today. You know, um, we didn't we didn't mention that I, I wasn't here last week and you weren't paying attention. Uh, but uh, Brian Flores is gainfully employed again, and every time. Every time there's an update on the Brian Flores story, I say, boy, that lawsuit is not going well as he gets hired by one of the teams he is suing. Good luck proving that they're uh, all racist and they just won't give you an even break, Brian. But uh, Jamel Hill is demanding that Spotify pay a black podcaster $100 million because, you know, they pay Joe Rogan 100. Actually, they pay Joe Rogan $200 million. She doesn't seem to understand how, uh, you know, the free market works. They and, and, and by the way, what do you call Michelle Obama and Barack Obama? They are employed by Spotify to do nothing, and they make a lot of money, uh, but that's not enough for Jamel Hill. We got Kamala Harris over in uh, Germany embarrassing herself and this country. It's hard to believe that, uh, you know, our last chance to avert war in the Ukraine is this bumbling stumbling moron trying to uh, make the case. Uh, we'll play some of that. You you have a job now, Craig, that is your job. I, I used to tell Carano was his job to compile the gaffes from Joe Biden, which not no small task, but you got to <laughs> no. compile the gaffes from Jamel Hill. I mean, Jamel Hill from uh, Kamala Harris, just embarrassing. Kyle Rittenhouse went on Tucker and announced that he's suing everybody. And I am rooting hard for uh for kyle and uh 
Uh, we'll get you the latest from Canada, which has gone full North Korea. It is just insane what has happened to our friends uh, up north. I'm never, ever going there again. I'm never, never going north. of. Not that I have any desire to go there. Every single video we see from Ottawa, it looks like it's 30 below. But still, uh, it is 30 below, and it is a police state up there right now. Frightening times up in Canada. We'll get to that and a lot more. Today's Callahan Show brought to you by DCU. Why do DCU members love their free checking accounts? It's simple. No monthly maintenance fees, no minimum balance, and no strings attached. What's better is that with direct deposit to their free checking account, DCU members can get paid up to two days early. Who doesn't love getting paid early? Zero monthly maintenance fees, zero monthly balance, zero reasons not to switch. They will even remove the hassle of switching your direct deposits and automatic payments from your current checking account. Learn more and make the switch today at dcu.org slash free checking insured by NCUA membership required. All right. We are, uh, I mean, we're sitting back watching war unfold in the Ukraine. Most people like me don't really care. We don't have a vested interest in this. It's two corrupt countries, two dictatorships. I realize one of them pays the Biden family a lot more than the other one. So we do have a stake there. I'm not sure if we're going to send Hunter over because Hunter's got a lot of connections over there. Maybe he can diffuse things. But the Russians, Putin has already moved into these separatist areas. Again, who gives a damn? Why, why should any American really care i don't know i don't understand uh they're not in nato they're you know they're an ally but they're just another corrupt uh dictatorship uh and they're gonna they're gonna fight they're gonna fight why you would ever want an american in harm's way is beyond me except you know biden's poll numbers are terrible and uh biden appears weak very weak uh putin knows it Putin knew it when Obama was president and he took Crimea. He did nothing for four years of Donald Trump. You know, that Putin puppet. He did nothing. And now that he's got Biden in there again, he is on the move. But uh, I think what happens here is you look to your leader, you look to your president, your vice president, and you say, assure me, give me confidence, make me feel like we're in control here and that uh, we're not getting rolled And then we send Kamala Harris over there. She, of course, never takes her mask off, which is another. That's just can can someone just tell her, A, it's stupid, it's theater, we know that. But B, you don't appear strong. You don't appear in control when you're masked up. You know, that's why adults, these neurotic, paranoid adults, do it to children. It makes them feel better. It makes them feel you know, safer to mask up children. They know it's pointless, but they do it to make themselves feel better. That's why I call it child abuse. But Kamala Harris goes over there speaking to the world and, first of all, doesn't prepare. She's the most unprepared politician I have ever seen. We've heard off-the-record stuff about how she doesn't read briefings, doesn't do her homework, and then she steps in front of the cameras and proves it. She's one of these arrogant people who has been protected, enabled by the media throughout her professional life. She got elected statewide in California, and she's a dummy. It's just uncomfortable to watch and listen to. I realize that I'm not on her side politically or ideologically, but there are people who I disagree with, you know, like Liz Warren, who is just a liar and a phony, but she's not dumb. Kamala Harris speaks and you say, 
I don't know if she's dumb or just unprepared or both, but that's the second most powerful person in, in our country. One of the most powerful women in the world and how she got there is beyond me. We'll play some of the sound and you tell me if, did Biden choose her as an insurance policy? Because every time Biden speaks, you say, Oh my God, how much longer can he last? Mm. Even I am saying if he steps down now, because obviously he's cognitively struggling, she becomes president. That's, that's our commander in chief. This, this person that doesn't even bother to, I mean, that's a long flight over to Germany. Didn't she read up? Doesn't she ever want to be informed on the issues? Does she think she can wing it with everything? I think she does because she figures the media is there to serve her, and she, which they are. The media is there to help her to clean up her messes. That's the way it was in California. That's the way it was in the Senate. So she thinks it continues. So I'll, you know, I'll go out there and I'll, you know, throw out the word salad. And it's just one just mess after another when she speaks and she looks out, she sees the Washington post, the New York times, NBC. She says, those are my guys. Those are my guys. They'll take good care of me, but they can only do so much when it's on video and it's on video for the whole world to see. I'm not just in Moscow, but it's, you know, all, I mean, China, they're watching this and saying that buffoon is the second in command. That's the one that if Biden, you know, doesn't run, in three years, she will, and maybe, I guess, you know, they could steal it and, and she could be president. That is a frightening thing. And again, it's got nothing to do with her minority status or her, her gender, any of that. You can't tell me, even if you're a hardcore lefty, if you're a woman, if you're a, if you want to see, a, you know, minorities advance, you can't tell me this is the best choice. It just isn't. It's, it's uncomfortable, but enough. Let me get to let me get to uh, the sound. What do we have from Kamala? She's she's all masked up, right? And she's in front of the audience in, in Munich. Yep. Uh, I have the uh, window that's opening, but it's narrowing. <laughs> if you want that one. Yeah, sure. Let's, hey, like I used to say with Biden, just pick one. Because you will never hear Kamala talk and say, yeah, that, that that's comforting. That's reassuring. No matter which one you pick here, Craig, you're going to say that every American... 330 million Americans are, 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 are cringing with embarrassment that this is our leader. But let's listen to her in Munich attempting, you know, to fend off the next world war. We have agreed that the deterrence effect of these sanctions is still a meaningful one, especially because, remember, also, we still sincerely hope that there is a diplomatic path out of this moment. And within the context, then, of the fact that that window is still opening, although, open, although it is absolutely narrowing, but within the context of a diplomatic path still being open, the deterrence effect, we believe, has merit. <laughs> what the hell? I could not tell uh, you what that means at all. No, no. Is that the one that there was another one? I, I had it. Uh, I had the transcript and I sent it to you and I said, find the sound. The other one, which he talks about. No, oh, that was the one what. there. Uh, that that's the one. Well, it, it, there's like a combination of a couple things, but there was another rambling thing about uh, the deterring. Her our president, her boss, already said that Putin made the decision. Already said that war is inevitable. He said it, and he said it matter of factly in front of the world last week. 
by the way, he wasn't wearing a mask. So you felt a little better about it, but why would someone like this in front of the world, what, why would she leave the mask on? I mean, honestly, are you so concerned with virtue signaling that you're talking about war? You're talking about, and by the way, she says, there's been no war in Europe in the last 70 years. I don't know if you have that, that cut, but she said in 70 years, there's been no war. I mean, tell that to Bosnia and Kosovo. I mean, we, we had troops there. <laughs> There's been all tell that to people in Crimea. I mean, no war in Europe in the last 70 years. She again, she doesn't even read the basic bullet points before she speaks and talks to the whole world. But uh, what else you got from Kamala? This is the uh, 70 year thing here. Oh, good. I mean, listen, guys, we're talking about the potential for war in Europe. I mean, let's really take a moment to understand the significance of what we're talking about. It's been over 70 years. And through those 70 years, as I mentioned yesterday, there has been peace and security. <laughs> we are She's talking just... about the real possibility of war in Europe. So our position is for us very clear, which is as a leader, which we have been bringing together <laughs> the allies, Working together around our collective and unified position that we would all, not just prefer, we <laughs> desire, we believe. Oh. It is in the best interest of all that there is a diplomatic end to this moment. There, there's just nobody in this administration that speaks and makes you feel better ever. I mean, Tony Blinken is, is embarrassing. This guy, Jake Sullivan... Kirby, the, the the former admiral, a Pentagon spokesman, any of them gets in front of a camera and a microphone and you say, how did they get there? How did they fall up to that position? And she's the worst. She speaks and you say, we're, we're, you know, we're being led by just, just vapid souls, just, just blank, empty faculty lounge, pointy headed idiots. I mean, the idea that whatever we're going to do, how many troops there they're going to be, uh, you know, how much uh, we're going to send to Ukraine. I, that's up to her and, 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 and a senile 79 year old Joe Biden. God, it is, it is uh, discouraging to say the least. I but, do. I do uh, want to know what's on her papers on her podium because she's reading it the whole time and it still doesn't make sense. And she loves to see those buzzwords uh, together. Uh, we need together to work together and we need a unified together togetherness. And then we work together and with a together, a unified uh, uh, solution uh, to do. And you're going, does she understand any of this? I mean, uh, honest to God, what, what is her life experience? She's from Canada. You know, she's a child, a little child of privilege who uh, parents were both uh, college professors uh, she's just used, you know, actually she, it wasn't just identity politics and, and her, and her sex that got her where she is. She also had to sleep with Willie Brown, the old mayor of San Francisco. That's not easy. So she didn't, she earned her way to the top. I mean, she slept her way to the top, but she earned it because that couldn't have been easy and married Willie Brown, who's about 30 years older than she is. Uh, but, and then she got chosen because Joe Biden just said, I need a woman of color. And she's, give me, give me the first woman of color. She couldn't even, when she ran for office, she was rejected summarily by everybody, including her home state. She couldn't even make it to California to the primary because 
the polls showed she was going to get smoked, you know, by everybody, by Bernie Sanders and Joe Biden and Liz Warren in her home state. So she quit before she even got to Iowa or California or New Hampshire because she's such a loser that nobody likes her. And she nobody. even she even came out and someone was like, do you think Joe Biden's racist? And she goes, yes, I do. Yeah, she said she accused him of racism. She said she believed the woman who accused him of sexual assault. She believed mm-hmm. those women. Yep. And she she berated him in the debates about racism and you know how she was a little girl getting bust and and he was against that and and she embarrassed him in the debates but Biden's such an empty suit that he didn't care he didn't you know he just said whoever the consultants who worked with him which woman of color should i pick and i in in, in many ways i hope she does run on the top of the ticket in 3 years cuz she's it would be such a disaster finally the voters get a chance to just reject her but you know what? They have so many polls. They know what's going on. They would never allow her to get to election day. She would never get to that point because they look at the polls. And if she were running against whoever, Trump or DeSantis or anybody, she'd get crushed. So they won't allow it. And we will look back and say, we, we you know, that was the second most powerful person in, 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 in the country. That's the woman who was deciding our strategy when Putin went into Ukraine or whatever, we got a lot to do in the next three years and people are just going to cringe and they're just going to say no more of that. We have to choose, you know, we have to do a better job. We have to choose on merit. We can't just say, you know, what color are her parents or, or you know, what, 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 I mean, she's not. And then, and, and you know, that's what we have to do. Do you feel good about that? If you're a, a person of color, if you're a black woman, do you say, yeah, I feel good about Kamala Harris. I mean, we'll see who he picks for the Supreme Court. I'm pretty sure that person will be smarter and more articulate and probably work harder than Kamala Harris. But God, what a disaster she is. She reminds me of of Dan Quayle in that way where Dan Quayle was picked because he was young and I guess because he was, you know, looked good. He was telegenic. And as soon as he talked, he'd go, oh, man, he's <laughs> just not up for the job but I don't remember Dan Quayle having that much responsibility because, you know, the president wasn't a 79 year old man in the throes of dementia. So you didn't really worry that, 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 that it was, that there was too much on his plate with this woman. You do, you say, she just can't handle this job and it's just uncomfortable. And the tanks are rolling into to Ukraine, to these separatist areas. And you fear that, they're looking at polls. Do you fear that they're saying people, you know, Joe Biden is underwater. He needs a boost. And I mean, he wouldn't hesitate to send in troops to help his, his image, his numbers, L to protect his sons and his fortune. I mean, they made millions in Ukraine from the corrupt leaders in Ukraine, from the corrupt system. Uh, they're not going to, they're not going to be happy that the, uh, gravy train ain't running anymore. So that will definitely factor into any decision he makes, but they'll look at polls and people will say, this is madness. Nobody in America wants, nobody in America sees any vital national interest there. And this, I admit, drives me nuts. I, you know, it's, I don't know. Did you watch Dope Sick on Hulu by any chance, Craig? Have with not. Michael Michael Keaton. It's really good. It's really disturbing. It's about the opioid crisis in rural America. It it focuses on Maine and Virginia and West Virginia. It tells the story of the Sackler family 
and the lies they told, the, the drugs they pushed, the lives they ruined. And right now, fentanyl is our biggest problem. Our, you know, the Biden regime opened the southern border, allowed the drugs to come in. And I'm and you just sit there and you casually look at a story like this last night, breaking last night. Five people, this is in Denver, five people found dead in a Denver apartment with a four-month-old baby. The DA says they died of fentanyl overdose. Fentanyl's everywhere. Fentanyl is deadly. Fentanyl stops your heart. It's uh, people aren't overdosing. They're taking it mistakenly. They're being poisoned because uh, they think it's that you can put fentanyl in a, in a Xanax. Sometimes it's in uh, heroin, cocaine. They don't know they're taking fentanyl. It's certainly not as much fentanyl as they take and it kills them. So five people die. Um, This guy's uh, 24 year old son died uh, and he talks about it, uh, a, a woman, another woman, and a baby they found alive in the apartment. These five people, they're in their 20s, and they think they're doing whatever, cocaine. They're all dead. Over 100,000 people died in this country last year of fentanyl, quote, overdoses. But if you believe Putin's 200, made up his mind, 200,000 in the last have? Why not put those what are we playing? I have no idea. The purpose of the sanctions has always been and continues. Oh, we're playing Kamala again. You can't get enough of her. (laughs) It just started playing. (laughs) Oh yeah, it just started playing all on its own. But it's it's like guys don't get distracted. (laughs) There's not one person in America who's not a slimy political consultant or 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 a member of the Biden regime who thinks the Ukraine. Russia border issue is more important than fentanyl pouring over the southern border. Not one. We have mm-hmm. 330 million people, and there's not one who thinks whatever's happening in the separatist area right now is more important than what happened in Denver last night. Not one. And I think eventually people uh, wake up to this and say, these people, these, these our elected leaders, of their priorities upside down. This is madness what we're living through right now. And uh, we're going to watch it unfold in real time in the Ukraine. And I'm telling you, there's going to be nobody. They, the, the networks, CNN, MSNBC are going to have a hard time finding people to put on and say, you know, we got to send in the troops. We got to use, you know, we got to send them more, more, more. That's so important to us. Good luck with that trying to find, you know, retired military or trying to find, uh, what are we looking at now? So that right there on the right is how much fentanyl it takes to overdose and die. Wow. And where'd you get that? That's interesting. And if you're not watching, there's a penny on the screen that Craig just put up there right next to the penny yep. is just a little dollop of fentanyl. And that will kill you. It killed five adults last night in in Denver, and it'll kill five more adults somewhere else tonight. And nobody, you know, in the Biden regime will give a damn. They will continue to leave the border wide open and, and welcome in illegal aliens, including fentanyl dealers and cartel guys. And the result will be another 100,000 Americans dead. And the idea that somehow we're supposed to give a damn about the border of Ukraine and Russia. We're supposed to think that's more important. That's supposed to be the lead tonight in the news and ooh, a war in Ukraine. So what? I think I'd say, you know, f- five dead kids. That's what they are. Kids, 24 year old kids. 
in Denver with a four-month-old baby surviving, thank God, mm. is more important. And it hits closer to home for everybody. And Def- you know, Definitely needs something the, to wake everybody up. There, there's so many people who are affected by this, but, you know, they they don't care in New York and D.C. and L.A. They're, you know, the, the political consultants don't hear, care what happens in Maine or West Virginia. But you got to see Dope Sick. When you get a chance, check it out. It's it'll it'll it 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 it'll affect you. It'll you'll sit there and you go, this is insane. And it also is a good look at the uh, pharma, the pharmaceutical companies, and how they operate and how they how they cash in and how they lied over and over. And the Sackler family, they got bankrupted. They lost billions, but they saved. They still have billions. None of them are going to prison. They're they're worth like. 1.8 billion still they're flying in private jets and living life. They killed thousands, hundreds of thousands of Americans because they invented Oxycontin and, and, uh, and lied about it for years, lied about the addictiveness and the danger of it all. It's, it's very disturbing and God knows I'm not alone when I say this is a much, much, much bigger problem. Hell, it is a problem for us. The Ukraine's border with Russia is not, I don't care what uh, Kamala says about the window is closing, but it's open. And, and if we close the window and we work together, we can together unify together. And it's narrowing. And it's narrowing. The window's na- The window's already shut, woman. It's opening like crazy, but it's narrowing. <laughs> and that, that's our leader. Pretty sad, but that's your job now, Craig. I know I'm asking a lot, but you got to keep track. You can't miss a Kamala bumble stumble gaff. We we need Kamala's gaffs. We need all Kamala's gaffs because uh, Joe Biden spends most of his time hiding. By the way, she's still never gone to the southern border. She's over there. Her job was supposed to be the czar of the southern border. That you know she didn't bother with that. But, no, but this U- Ukraine's border, she's going to go over there, masked up and just. And just in, just embarrassed. I mean, it's almost like we weren't weak enough. We need to project more weakness. Let's send this airhead over there, mask her up, and have her mumbling, bumbling about togetherness and unity and closing windows. But uh, we will stay on top of that and keep track of that. Uh, we got a few lots more to get to. I want to get to Kyle Rittenhouse because he made an appearance last night on Tucker, and it was great. And I wanted to make sure he he has he's keeping a list as well he should, of all the people who slandered and libeled him, who lied about him, and he's coming after them, and I love it. I hope he cashes in. I hope he breaks them. I hope he bankrupts them all because they they, they, they knew they were lying about him. That's the key. They knew they were lying about him, and they lied anyway. But uh, I don't want to get to paint my life, and then we'll get to Kyle Rittenhouse. And Brian Flores, by the way, Brian Flores talks. The new uh, defensive assistant of the Pittsburgh Steelers, a team he's suing just hired him, which doesn't help his case, I don't think. But uh, that guy uh, went on a, a podcast and talked about how he screwed over Bill Belichick, who gave him everything, who gave him a start, who gave him a career, and he stuck him in the back. But uh, we'll let Brian Flores explain. After I tell you about uh, paint your life well people are getting back outside they're doing things they're traveling i can attest to that they're going places that some of them are going to, a lot of them are going to key west where i just was which was mobbed 
and they're making memories. That's what, that's what you do when you travel, you take vacations, you celebrate your favorite times. Here's what you can do. You can turn them into art. You can make your memories into art. You get a professional hand-painted portrait created from any photo. So you can take a photo of you on the beach with the kids. Maybe you can uh, have your dog running, running on in the waves and you can turn it into art. You could use someone who's passed away an old uh, someone loved one who's no longer with you. Take a photo of them. You choose from a team of world-class artists and you work with them until every detail is perfect. The user-friendly platform makes it easy to order a custom-made hand-painted portrait in less than five minutes. It's fast. You get your portrait in as little as two weeks. Just send them any picture, yourself, your kids, a special place, your pet, an action photo of you, you know, out there doing something, playing sports. Uh, maybe your children playing some sports. You take that photo and you turn it into art. It makes a perfect gift that's meaningful, it's personal, and it can be cherished forever. At paintyourlife.com, there's no risk. If you don't love the final painting, your money is refunded, guaranteed. And right now, as a limited time offer, you get 20% off your painting. That's right, 20% off and free shipping. To get the special offer, text the word Jerry, G-E-R-R-Y, to 64,000. That's Jerry to 64,000. Paint your life. Celebrate the matter, the moments that matter the most. Right, let's talk about Basis by LCM Health. It's the most trusted source for NAD plus supplementation. Their product, Basis, is clinically proven to increase levels of NAD plus by 40% safely and sustainably. LCM is unlike any other healthcare company that I've seen, and they're at the forefront of NAD plus supplementation. They have dozens of the world's best scientists working with them, and eight of them are Nobel Prize winners. It was uh, founded by renowned researcher Dr. Leonard Garante. Leonard Garante who has studied the science of aging for more than 30 years, so you know you can trust him. NAD+, if you're wondering, is found in every single cell of your body, and it's responsible for creating energy and regulating hundreds of cell functions. But the body doesn't have an endless supply of NAD+. In fact, levels decline as you age. Lifestyle stressors such as lack of sleep, intense exercise, unbalanced diet, and overexposure to the sun also deplete NAD plus levels. Decreased NAD plus levels are linked to faster biological aging and can slow down vital body functions. Uh, many basis customers report experiencing higher energy, less fatigue, and more satisfying workouts. That's what basis can do for you. It replenishes youthful levels of NAD plus uh, up to 40% safely and sustainably. It activates sirtuins, also known as longevity genes, to promote healthy aging. It supports energy and metabolism on the cellular level and helps maintain healthy DNA. It supports in recovery from workouts. It reduces general tiredness and fatigue, healthy skin, and just general health and wellness. Recent studies confirmed the superior safety of NRE in basis when compared to other NAD plus supplements, underscoring the company's rigorous commitment to research and quality. Right now, they got a special offer for our listeners. Go to trybasis.com. That is T-R-Y-B-A-S-I-S.com slash Jerry. Enter code word Jerry at checkout to save 10% off basis prepaid plans as well as other Elsium Health supplements. All right, let's do, let's do Kyle Rittenhouse and then we'll get to Brian Flores and Jamel Hill, by the way. Um, 
Rittenhouse obviously um, was acquitted, which was, you know, obviously he, he was not guilty. Everybody knew it. Thank God it was all on video. It's kind of like the, the truckers. The uh, Tucker also, by the way, had the trucker on, we talked about yesterday, who got need repeatedly by a cop. It's all on video. The, the guy, the cop, the bully, the punk cop, need him like a dozen times. The guy's having trouble breathing, but he's great. He's an, he's an immigrant from Romania, and he says, you know, they they broke my body, but they will not break my spirit. The guy was wonderful. He could he speaks in uh, broken English, but he just said, you know, I'm not, they're not going to, he goes, I took my beating like a man, he says, <laughs> uh, which is more than you can say for the punk cops in Ottawa. I'm all in on the defund the police movement in Ottawa because these people are out of control. But back to Kyle Rittenhouse, the innocent 17-year-old at the time who killed, who shot three scumbags, killed two of them, two of the worst people in the world, including Joseph Rosenbaum, a child molester uh, who raped five little boys, Um he shot them in self-defense. It was obvious. It was on video. Didn't matter. All these people in the media, in Hollywood, in sports, as he points out, called him a domestic terrorist and a white supremacist, which is a hell of a stretch since he only shot white people. I still don't quite get how you make that leap to white supremacist, but it doesn't matter. These are media members who support Antifa. And so he shot Antifa scum. Both the guys he killed were Antifa scum. Um, so they, you know, our politicians, uh, hell, Joe Biden attacked them. Joe Biden included him in an ad, and he's including Joe Biden in his lawsuit, which is great. And he, he, he specifies Whoopi Goldberg and says she called him a murderer after he was acquitted. You can't do that. He is not a celebrity. He's a private citizen, much like Nicholas Sandman, who uh, the Catholic kid from Covington, Kentucky, who was slandered and libeled by many of the same people who sued and has made a fortune suing NBC and CNN. And some of his lawsuits are still going on, I believe. And I think he has cashed in. Well, they did much, much more damage to Kyle Rittenhouse than they ever did to Nicholas Sandman. So I'm confident he's going to win and win big. And I will just enjoy the hell out of that. Uh, I wanted to make sure. I, I should have tagged him on this because Rittenhouse gave out his, his Twitter handle, I believe, and gave out, gave out the name of his, um, his fund, his new charity that he started to help people who are being uh, unfairly maligned by the media. And uh, he named a few people, like I said, but he left out Ayanna Presley. And I pointed out to him that Ayanna Presley, a sitting congresswoman, called him a white supremacist domestic terrorist who shot people who were just there to affirm the value of black lives. Now say what you want about, you know, Joseph Rosenbaum, you know, we're all odds creatures, but he's a total scumbag. The other guy, Huber, total scumbag, beat up his girlfriend, just an awful people. He killed terrible, terrible people, but people like Anna Presley don't care. They don't like people that, you know, are that go against Antifa. They're, they're core supporters. So she called him a white supremacist domestic terrorist. That to me is the definition of slander, of libel, of defamation. How she can, I, I, mean, I assume she'll be included on the list, but along with a number of politicians, media people, LeBron James, he's going after some heavy hitters 
I don't know if any of them will try to settle. I don't know if it'll go to court, but won't that be wild? If this mm-hmm. kid goes to court, this just, you know, just this kid, you know, whatever white, uh, working class white kid from wherever, uh, Illinois, who, uh, was clearly, I mean, think of, think of what he was put through. It was obvious from the beginning with self-defense. It's all on video. Obvious. They, they, they charge him with murder. He spent two months in prison before he got out on $2 million bail. The BLM guy that just shot at the mayoral candidate in Louisville. That that guy, you know, Joy Reid's regular guest, a a columnist for the Louisville paper, who shot the white Jewish candidate for mayor, by the way, a big liberal. He... His, his bail was a hundred grand and BLM crowdfunded it supported uh, his supporters raised the money and got him out of, you know, like in a day. So you shoot an innocent mayoral candidate, you get out in a hundred grand and GoFundMe allows you to raise the money. They wouldn't allow Kyle Rittenhouse to raise the money. And he spent two months in jail and it cost him $2 million to get bailed out when the whole world saw that he was innocent from the beginning that he was acting in self-defense. But anyway, back to Kyle Rittenhouse with Tucker last night. What do we got on this? Uh, do we have him talking about Whoopi? I like that part. Have to go through what I went through. Yeah, I mean, they tried to imprison you for the rest of your life. It wasn't coverage, it was advocacy. You have a lot of potential targets to sue yourself. Will you be suing any of these news organizations? And if so, when? Um, well, right now we're looking at quite a few uh, politicians, celebrities, athletes. Whoopi Goldberg's on the list. She called me a murderer after I was acquitted by a jury of my peers. She went on to still say that. And there's others. Don't forget about Sank from the Young Turks. He called me a murderer before verdict and continues to call me a murderer. Interesting. And and what about the people who called you groundlessly a white supremacist, which makes it pretty hard to get a job for the rest of your life if you're a white supremacist? Will you be responding to them? Absolutely. We are going to hold everybody who's lied about me accountable, such as um, everybody who's lied, called me a white supremacist. Yeah. They're all going to be held accountable and we're going to handle them in a courtroom. You go, you go, Kyle Rittenhouse. You, uh, I mean, I, if he doesn't have a case, nobody does. Because mm-hmm. not only they lie about him from the beginning, Ayanna Presley knew he wasn't a white supremacist. He knew, she knew the people he shot weren't there to affirm the value of black lives. She lied. She is never held accountable. Never. She, she lies about the cops all the time. She lied about Rittenhouse. God, I hope he comes after her. And you name it. Biden. I mean, there's so many politicians. There's so many celebrities. Hell, when you include Chank or Sank or whatever his name is from the Young Turks, that means that you're guy. paying attention. Yeah, you are paying guy. attention to what's going on out there, and you are uh, keeping a list. And I hope he goes after all of them. I hope he gets rich. I hope he lives happily ever after. It's amazing. The kid's 18 years old, mm-hmm. and he's more accountable, accessible than the president of the United States. You know, yeah. he does interviews. He goes on podcast i bet you he would go on you know with joy reed if she she offered she never would put him on he'd put he'd go on there he's he's you know he's still a kid you can under you know he's still not the most articulate in the world but he is unafraid and i'll say it again what he did was heroic i mean he was there to protect stores that were being burned and looted they asked him 
for protection. And he showed up with his legal gun, didn't cross state lines and protected the stores. And then these grown men, these scumbags like Rosenbaum, 30, whatever year old man, child rapist tries to kill him. And he shoots first for that. We should be tipping our cap. We shouldn't be defaming the kid. If they want to, if they want to make like an argument, don't call him a murderer, but you can go around doing like a Kyle Rittenhouse is a dork campaign or something that would take off. I think. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he's going to include anybody who called him a dork, but you know how long the list is of people that lied about him? I mean, you could go to yeah. like Stephen Colbert types. I guarantee, I don't have any specific, I guarantee he called him things that, you know, he lied about him. Guarantee right. he called him whatever, a terrorist or a white supremacist. You know, politicians, I mean, Ayanna Pressley is just one of many. I mean, I guarantee you, you you look at all the crazy radical lefties, the AOCs and all the, the squad, they all lied about him. He could include so many people in this and every media person, every every nutty Joy Reid or or uh, Rachel Maddow or, or, or you know, whatever, uh, uh, Keith Oldman. He could hit the list must be so long. I hope God. Keith Olbermann goes down. I hate that guy so much. Except he doesn't really have a job. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe he could take, take his, his central park apartment. Yeah. That'd but be nice. <laughs> he is the worst. He's so unhinged. He's really articulate. He's really passionate. And yet he doesn't have a job because he's so nuts that even the network that employs joy Reed and Al Sharpton won't put him on the air anymore. You know, Yeah. even that's how crazy he is. But, uh, all right, speaking of crazy, let's get to a couple of these other guys. Brian Flores. I want to get to Brian Flores because you didn't even, you weren't even aware that he got hired by the Steelers. I was not. This, I mean, when initially when Brian Flores told his story, I, I said that, that the whole suit about uh, racial discrimination, that's secondary. He's accusing the Miami Dolphins of offering him money to tank games. I don't believe that anymore. I don't believe this guy. I think Brian Flores is a con man, and I'll tell you why. First of all, Stephen Ross might not be a great guy, but I don't think he's dumb. You think he would offer someone on the record, like there'd be some kind of proof that he offered a coach money to lose? I mean, you might say we'd like a better draft pick, but you you don't know Brian Flores enough to trust him to not ruin your life. And if he... If you offered him money to lose, you'd have to be the dumbest guy in the world. And I don't think Stephen Ross is. If he did make that offer, you can be sure. I shouldn't say you can be sure. I'm going to guess there's no witnesses and no paper trail. If there is, Ross should be kicked out of the league. They should take his team. It's the biggest scandal in NFL history. Uh-huh. I just don't believe he would be that dumb, but we'll see as that goes forward. The other part of the suit that gets more attention is the racial discrimination because Brian Flores knows the media will eat that up. That will love that. But let's just see what happened here. He got hired at the age of 37. He'd never even been a coordinator. He got a plum job with the dolphins. Now I was surprised he was fired. I didn't think he earned the firing, but that happens. He got, what was it? Four years? Uh, check check that for me. Three or four years in Miami. Uh, he beat the the Patriots twice. I didn't think he deserved to be fired, but lots of guys get fired because they have disagreements with ownership or, or management. He immediately becomes a top candidate at these other places. Now, the 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 suit, the impetus of the suit, I believe, was the infamous uh, mistake that Belichick made when he texted him 
thinking he was Brian Dayball, and he texted Brian Flores. Now, Belichick thought the Giants had decided to hire Brian Dayball. What's wrong with that? They have a young quarterback, a big stud young quarterback, and what they want to do is turn him into Josh Allen. So they hired the guy that 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 mentored Josh Allen. That seems like a pretty smart move. But Brian Dayball's white, so that upset Brian Flores. Brian Flores got a job as a head coach at the age of 37. Brian Dayball had to wait for his first coaching head coaching job till he's 47. And he's been a pretty good coordinator and a pretty good assistant coach. So, so. Five years. Uh, five, so he had five years. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a pretty good run. Mm-hmm. So Brian Flores is pissed that he didn't get hired immediately after getting fired. And the guy who did waited 25 years for his first head coaching job. So he includes Belichick, embarrasses Belichick, a guy that, you know, hired him and gave him his big chance. He embarrasses John Elway, accuses John Elway of being hung over and not taking the interview seriously. <laughs> I believe that. These, these interviews, if you call them sham or whatever, that was the, that was the inevitable byproduct of the Rooney rule. If the Rooney rule requires you to hire or to interview a black coaching candidate, that's great. As I've said last week or a couple of weeks ago, I said, that's, uh, I talked to uh, um, Romeo Cornell about this one time and they, there were a number of older black coaches who thought it was a good idea because they wanted to get in the door. They wanted to get experience interviewing and they wanted to get their name in circulation. That was the goal. That's what happened with the Rooney rule or, and they, by the way, they got a chance to blow away the team if they got an interview which is what Mike uh, um, Tomlin, which is what uh, Tomlin, Mike Tomlin in Pittsburgh did. He blew them away when he got a chance to interview and they hired him and he's still there. So the Rooney rule was working as intended. If a team was determined and really wanted a coach and he happened to be white, the rule required a quote unquote sham interview. The black coaches, a number of the older ones were okay with that. Again, they said, good. It'll give me experience. My name is out there. I'll learn what the whole process is like, even though, even though they really wanted this white coach. And I used the example of Dallas hiring Bill Parcells. That was a big deal. Get the Bill Parcells, you know, Jerry Jones had his man. Was he supposed to just lie and say, I'm going to interview some black coaches and we really take it seriously even though we already got Bill Parcells to agree. So he made a phone call to Dennis Green, talked to him, and they counted that as, you know, uh, uh, fulfilling the uh, the Rooney rule. And and people accept this, except Brian Flores. Brian Flores is so spoiled that he thinks as soon as he's fired, he's supposed to be the top candidate everywhere. And, by the way, his gripe was, you know, not enough opportunity for black coaches. Here's where we get to the con man part. He thinks he's a real candidate in Houston, again, after filing suit against the whole league. He's filing suit against the teams that he expects to hire him. That is real arrogance. I mean, I don't care what color you are. What team is going to hire a guy that's in the process of suing you for millions? It's just bizarre when there are other candidates. So he includes the Texans in his suit, adds them after they don't hire him, even though the Texans hired a black coach, which means 
it's not about black coaches. It's not about opportunity for black coaches. It's about Brian Flores. Lovey Smith was the choice in Texas. Now you can question that choice. And I do. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm looking at his record right now. His last head coaching job was uh, in Illinois, university of Illinois in the big 10. He went 17 and 39. He went 10 and 33 in the big 10. Now granted that's a tough, he finished seventh three of the five years. He went 0 and nine in the big 10 one year. It was a disaster. That guy just got hired as a head coach in the NFL. Um, his last head coaching job in the NFL, Tampa Bay. He went 8-24. and 24. Now, are you going to tell me that they're not giving black coaches a fair shot when they just hired Lovey Smith after that track record? Anyway, if you can, you know, if you want to come up with other examples of guys who've been overlooked, fine. Eric Bieniemy. Talk about him. We could talk about him. We're not going to talk about Brian Flores getting overlooked when he just announced a lawsuit against the teams that overlook him. That is a guy who is full of it. He doesn't care about black coaches. Oh, he does. He cares about one black coach, Brian Flores. I am shocked that Pittsburgh hired him. Again, this puts the lie to his suit because he's suing the whole league, saying they just won't give a guy an even break. And Pittsburgh, who, by the way, is owned by the Rooney family, thus the, 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 the people who came up with the Rooney rule, which he says is a joke. They just hired that guy. Is there a better example of a guy who is not being discriminated against, who is not being overlooked than Brian Flores, who just got hired by a team he's suing? I'm sorry, but this, this lawsuit is a joke he is a joke if it weren't for his supporters in the media that live for racial grievance. That's all they care about, some of these people. We'll get to Bamani Jones and Jamel Hill in a minute. But they only care. That's all they care about. And he knows he's giving them red meat, saying, here, they won't hire me because I'm black. Do they bother to look and say, well, gee, you know, Brian Dayball's been an assistant for 25 years He's paid his dues. He's getting a chance to mentor another young QB. It has nothing to do with race. Why would you think that a league that's almost 60% black, that a league is that a league that is almost uh, the, the, the ultimate meritocracy where owners and GMs and, 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 you know, presidents have to win or, you know, they're, they're a failure, they're a disaster. They're, they're fired if they're GM that winning and losing is the is all that matters. They choose players based on merit. You know, they choose they, they choose you know cornerbacks based on merit, and they never choose white ones. You know, all the cornerbacks are black. Most of the running backs are black. Most of the receivers are black. Nobody ever says that's not fair. They say, of course, they're choosing on merit. It's football. The most important position in the organization is head coach. And we think they choose that based on race. It's just a bizarre inconsistency to think you do everything based on merit because you have to win or you get fired or you're a disgrace like a, like a Daniel Snyder. If you don't win, you're a laughingstock. So they desperately want to win. And we'd think they choose the players, the best players they can find, whether it's a free agency or drafting or trading. 
And we just assume those are the best players they could find. We don't, they don't care what race they are or what nationality or religion. And then when they get to the most important job in the organization, oh no, that's, that's all about race. It is a joke. The suit is a joke. Brian Flores is a joke. Um, I am happy he's back in the league because the Steelers play the Patriots and he embarrassed his former boss, Bill Belichick, with this lawsuit. Um, and I guarantee you, Belichick, I mean, he would like to embarrass him as a head coach, but, you know, Brian Flores is working for Pittsburgh and Belichick will be asked about it. And I don't know what he'll say, nothing. but he must just be disgusted. But yeah, you're right. Nothing. But he must be disgusted saying, I gave this kid every break. I know I gave yep. him a chance. I hired him. I taught him. I mentored him. And he just makes me look like, a you know, an old man, a fool that doesn't know how to text the right people. And Again, the lawsuit's a joke. He didn't have to do this. He did this because he threw a little fit. Said, oh, you know, I don't get another job 10 minutes after getting fired. And by the way, walks away with $15 million. That guy thinks he's entitled to another job like instantly. Belichick and Elway, by the way, must just want somehow some way to get their revenge. But I was curious to what Brian Flores would say. And he went on the I- I am athlete podcast with uh, Brandon. Mar- Can you explain this to me? What, what's with the title? What does that mean? What am I? I am athlete. I uh, like I am woman. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. I mean, you have a grammatically incorrect title, but maybe I'm missing something not important, but uh, here is Brian Flores with Brandon Marshall. Last time I saw Brandon Marshall, he was throwing a cup of coffee at Kirk Menahan and me at a, uh, at a, <laughs> golf course in Connecticut. We did a show and he was on, he took, he got upset at something we asked and he knocked over the coffee and stormed off. That was quite a day, but he now hosts his own podcast and he had Brian Flores and he asked about making Bill Belichick look like a fool. And here's what Flores had to say. You, you included his text messages, which I thought was a good bit of evidence, but it's included in the lawsuit. Do you feel like you damaged the relationship with Bill? I'm not mad. I mean, Bill did what a lot of us, you know, he sent a text message to the wrong person. I mean, I, I, I'm certainly guilty of that before. Um, you know, to, to me, you know, I thought it was specific to, to the lawsuit in that it confirmed a lot of things that, you know, I, I thought were going on um, that I think a lot of, lot, of, lot of, you know, black and minority coaches, you know, think are going on. It kind of confirmed it for me, you know, as far as having a fair and equal opportunity to go and interview and, you know, show your, um, show your acumen, show your intelligence, show your ability to lead, show your, uh, you know, your willingness and, and, and your, 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 your leadership, you know, and, and oftentimes that, you know, it's not a, it's not a, it's not a fair and equal playing field. Well, who said it was, who said the world was fair? You know, honestly, if a team, and I use the example of Bell, uh, Parcells in Dallas all the time, was that fair? Did they give Dennis Green or whatever, whoever black other black coaches that Jerry Jones talked to, did they get a fair shot? Of course not. He was he thought he struck gold because Parcells was available and is willing to take the job. And the rule said you still have to talk to a black coach or two, and he did. Did Dennis Green think it was fair? Of course not. They knew that that Jones had his heart set on uh, on Parcells, and I and I think. Belichick thought the Giants had their heart set on Dayball for obvious reasons. Nobody thought it was 
based on race. Uh, by the way, I used to say this, and it's I think it's pretty apparent now that there's more discrimination against, I don't want to say ugly, but, you know, people who aren't all that handsome. These, these owners now, they give you extra, a lot of extra points for good looks. Look at Cliff Kingsbury and Sean McVay. Now they're hiring all these young, you know, 35 year old guys who are in great shape. Um, I used to say that about Charlie Weiss and Romeo Grinnell. These guys earned their shot, but coaches didn't want the face of the franchise to be, you know, obese. And that happens. Brian Dayball is kind of, you know, fat and, and bald and, he had to wait his turn because he's not handsome like Cliff Kingsbury. If he looked like Cliff Kingsbury, Brian Dayball would have had a job five years ago. But nobody cares about, you know, ugly, ugly-ism or, you know, fat phobia. Belichick's but, uh, pretty ugly. Yeah, and you know what? When he got hired, it was not a popular choice. It was not. And uh, we've gone through that a million times. But when, when Kraft hired him, it took some balls because he is not very – Cuddly with the media, as you know, and he had a bad run in Cleveland, essentially. And it started off, he was 5-13 and 13 before Brady came off the bench. It was ugly for a while, and, uh, you know, Kraft stuck with him, and he uh, turned out to be the best ever. Yep. And I'll be curious to see, to hear what he says about Flores when they go up against Pittsburgh next year. But, all right, we got to get to, you know, on this theme, we got to get to, all this racial discrimination, Craig, it just is everywhere. I don't know how these, these, uh, you know, Bamani Jones, how's he even making it in the world? He just, they just keep holding, you know, they, they, they just keep discriminating against the poor guy. And Jamel Hill, she's sick of all the discrimination in the uh, podcast world, but let me do Shay and then we'll get to these two, these two uh, whiners. But uh, let's talk about Shay. I would have been telling you about Shea Concrete for a long, long time. Today, we're sitting with the man who makes it all work, the man in charge of the whole place, my brother-in-law, Greg. Hey, Greg, seems like business is booming at Shea Concrete. We're cranking that out, Jerry. Well, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just wondering, what's holding you back these days? We could use some good help. You need people? We need people. How many people do you need? At least 20 people. 20? Well, what kind of people? We have positions driving trucks, working in the production plants, estimating engineers, all kinds. Do you need any podcasters? <laughs> and all we do have the precast podcast. Well, I, I think it seems like a great place to work, as I tell people. It's a family atmosphere. You guys are good to your people. There's a great gym here at the headquarters. Uh, what's holding you back? Why can't you find people? Besides being to work on time, you have to pass the drug test. Ooh, <laughs> you have to pass a drug test. That's all it takes. All right, if people want to uh, come see you, they want to talk, what do they have to do? Bunch of ways. They can, if they want to be a team member, they can go to shakeconcrete.com, fill out an application. They can come to our, any of our offices. We got four locations. They can call me up directly. They can email jobs at shakeconcrete.com. And you'll give them a hat? And we'll give them a hat. Hats. Yep. All right, sounds good. Shakeconcrete.com. I saw a really cool, uh, nice cafeteria here. Can we go have lunch? Oh, absolutely. We got empanadas and chicken. <laughs> Excellent. I don't know what they are, but I'm going to go have an empanada. I, t I thought this, I just had to look this up because I, I, I said this can't be real. This can't be real. Where, where is it? Uh, Bamani Jones. He has failed, and we've talked about it before. Uh, Outkick, uh, Bobby Burke at Outkick has chronicled it pretty, pretty well. He's failed in every medium. He's failed on TV. 
He's failed on radio. He's failed in print. On TV, they gave him all these plum jobs. He was on like high noon at noon. It failed. The ratings were terrible. They moved it. The ratings were terrible. They finally canceled it. He had like the lowest rated show at ESPN history. He was on the radio and they lost to like dozens of affiliates because his numbers were so bad. But Monty Jones, look at this. I thought this was a joke. He's getting his own late night sports TV show on HBO. God, all this, I can't handle any more of this discrimination. Bamani Jones is an abject failure in every medium. And he just keeps falling up. He's just like Jamel Hill. And, and, and this is a guy who two weeks ago blamed the problems in the NFL on white people. White people. Now, if you, if you reversed whatever the race, he'd be, he'd be done. I mean, he'd be, he'd be gone. He'd be banished. Uh, but you could say that. That's A-OK, especially on ESPN. He will keep his show on ESPN, which I don't even know when it's on, but uh, he's staying at ESPN. He will work for both networks. I'm going to guess he'll make five, six million a year. A guy who can't draw flies, who doesn't get ratings, who doesn't have viewers. It doesn't matter. He's, uh, you know, a, a race grievance guy, a race hustler that gets you opens doors that gets you places and Bamani Jones is going to HBO, and I can't wait. So his first show, he'll talk about how you know the man is keeping him down. <laughs> what, what do you uh, What do you think about this? Uh, Jones will join an array of weekly late night efforts at HBO, which backs both John Oliver's Last Week Tonight, Bill Maher's Real Time, as well as a Black Lady Sketch Show. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> That's the name of the show. Black lady. Oh, good. Yeah. I guess HBO doesn't care. They have so much money. They don't need ratings. They're just out to be woke. Um, but you know, Bill Maher thinks for himself. We've gone over that enough. Bill Maher's got some balls. He has mm-hmm. taken on the woke culture and he's pissed off a lot of his uh, core supporters. I could, you can, you know exactly what Bamani Jones is going to say before he says it. You know what the show will be like, you know, what it'll be about it. And people will, they won't watch. You won't matter. Just amazing. <laughs> These are the same people, Bamani Jones, who, you know, blames white people for his problems. I'm pretty sure some white people just hired him. Look at this. But Bo- Bomani is one of the most unique uh, journalists working today. Nina Rosenstein, HBO's executive vice president of programming said he's someone who gets that sports stories are often about race. Oh, God. It is unbelievable. The people making these decisions are just so, they just, they don't care. The show will be terrible. It will be terrible. No one will watch. No one will talk about it. He will show up and, you know, set his hair on fire and say, you know, that everybody's racist, every league, every coach, every media person's racist. And I just, you know, they just won't give us a break. And he'll be making five million bucks a year to do it. Yep. Despite the fact that there'll be no viewers. But, that won't be enough for Jamel Hill, his former colleague at another person who just keeps falling up. She just got another job. Again, she doesn't get viewers. She doesn't get ratings. She just gets jobs. Jamel Hill is now uh, working for CNN Plus doing a, uh, I don't know, talk show. She said last week when word broke or when, when Joe Rogan was in the news and they were talking about how much money he's getting paid. She told, and in, in an interview with the New York Times, just think of that. Just think of the circle jerk of the media. New York Times, again, a, a, a media outlet that thinks the whole world is racist. Everything's racist. Everyone's racist. That's all that matters. Calls up Jamel Hill and says, what do you think about all the money 
Spotify's paying Joe Rogan, a white guy. And she says, what I would like to see is for Spotify to hand $100 million to somebody who is black. <sighs> what the hell? I mean, first of all, is that black person she's talking about going to bring in the revenue that Joe Rogan brings in? I'm pretty sure Spotify might be woke, but they're, they, they need to make money. They're a business. So they're supposed to hand, that's her word, hand $100 million to someone just because the color of their skin. That would make Jamel Hill happy. So if they gave, I don't know, Mamani Jones $100 million, Jamel Hill would celebrate. That, that is so bizarre and so illogical. But let's not forget that they gave, I don't know the total, but they gave tens of millions of dollars to the Obamas. Barack Obama did that awful podcast with Bruce Springsteen. I don't even know what Michelle Obama does for the tens of million dollars. They already gave mm. uh, super liberal, super woke, black, famous black people tens of millions of dollars for what? I don't even know. But um, consider this. Um, no one on morning television makes more than Robin Roberts. Um, nobody... I'm not, you know, the, the, uh, you think you know, nobody on syndicated television makes more than Oprah Winfrey. Nobody in, you know, sports makes more than LeBron James, you know, nobody entertainment. I'm going to guess makes more than, I don't know, Kanye West, uh, Denzel Washington. I mean, how many people need to make insane amount of money to make Jamel Hill happy? I mean, I no it has to be another Joe Rogan. I was trying to you think of, of who they would want it to be. And the most the similar I would think of would be Kevin Hart, but he's not going to pull those numbers that Rogan's getting on those. Well, and if he did, then he would get paid. Right. I mean, why does she think that race, I, I realize this is a rhetorical question, but why would you think that race is the driving factor in how much Joe Rogan is making? Do you think that that's the driving factor in how much Oprah's making? I mean, why do you assume you, this is how insane these people are, how insane Jamel Hill is. She looks at Joe Rogan, this bald white guy from, from Boston, by the way, the globe did a page one story on Joe Rogan and told you nothing, told you nothing. I thought they were going to go back and talk to his home, you know, people he grew up with and you know, none of that. It's just the same old crap uh, where some, they talked to some local comedian that said, that compared, I think the guy's name was Mike McDonald. He compared having Robert Malone and Peter McCullough on to having Pol Pot on. You don't get to have Pol Pot on your podcast, Joe. Like, God, these people have lost their minds. But anyway, back to this, back to, you know, the to Jamel Hill looks at Joe Rogan, sees how much money he's making, what he does, how many people listen and said, why don't they give that money to a black person? What the hell does that have to do with anything? He gets paid that money because he has 11 million people listening to each show. If you had, right, Kevin Hart or whoever, Nick Cannon, a, a devout Farrakhan disciple and a racist, if, if he, he would get 11 he's, he's million people, something, yeah. he would get paid. It's just the idea that Rogan's getting paid because he's white is so insane that people should learn to laugh someone like Jamel Hill out of the room. Instead, She'll probably get another job offer because she kicks and screams and and intimidates companies into thinking if they don't give me what I want, I'll 
call them racist and she will. But I mean, she had a podcast. I don't know if she still does. Bill Simmons hired her. You know, that was, you know, Bill Simmons reaction to the New York times calling him racist. He hired Jamel Hill. Do you think she has a lot of listeners? I want to know at, at what point does it become embarrassing for her that she gets fired? Like literally everywhere she goes. I, I don't even know. Does she get fired or does she quit or what? Does she get bored? I, I should know this, but does she still work for the ringer doing a podcast about the wire, a show that's been off the air for 15 years. And if she is, is anyone listening? And if there were people listening, Jamel, you'd get paid. Oh, if yeah. you were getting 11 million downloads, you'd get paid. Sure would. But yeah, Nick. Cannon, uh, but Nick, it doesn't matter. Nick Cannon's not the answer. That's for sure. <laughs> no, no. Nick Cannon. It's amazing that he's still working. It's truly amazing. Go back and look at what he said. He said white people are savages. Yep. They're incapable of compassion. It's just the most vile racist stuff. And he's still hosting some stupid ass show on Fox. Our, the masked singer. Yeah, all his uh, anti-Semitic stuff too. And it's, it's amazingly anti-Semitic and racist and it just doesn't matter. It's okay. What he said is, is worse than what, what Joe Rogan said, but it doesn't matter anyway. That was uh, that was what uh, Jamel. That's Jamel Hill's reaction to Joe Rogan getting paid. Is why don't they give that money to a black person? Just nuts, but it works. She'll get another job. Bamani will get another job. Hey, Brian Flores got another job. It's uh, you know race grievance is 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 it pays. It's very profitable. It's very lucrative as we see almost every damn day. But uh, we got to leave it there. Ironhead, did I miss anything? Did you want to um, say anything? I think we covered it. We covered it. We covered it as always. We had plenty to get to, and uh, oh, we get, we'll get darn get to that tomorrow. But uh, we will leave it there on two twenty two twenty two Tuesday two twenty two twenty two. Won't happen again for two hundred years, and we will. Uh, but uh, we will leave it there for today. Thank you to uh, Craig Ironhead Aconi. Thanks to everybody for watching and listening. I appreciate it. I'm Jerry Callahan. This is The Callahan Show, and we will do it again tomorrow. Finding suitable mental health medications can be a challenge. The GeneSight test may help. Did you know that genetics can play an important role in gaining insight on how a person may respond to various medications? Understanding this may help reduce medication trial and error. GeneSight is a genetic test that analyzes variations in DNA. It shows how genes may affect someone's metabolism or response to medications commonly prescribed to treat depression, anxiety, and other mental health conditions. Visit GeneSight.com for more information.